0: feel in this place hallelujah i wouldn't trade it for anything in all the world i want to be able to feel his presence sense his presence amen we thank the lord for his goodness to us and his many blessings to us amen god bless you tree of life church could you just give god praise that we have a great congregation to which we are able to belong Thank the Lord, precious people of God who love God, who love one another. Amen. You have friends in this church. You have family in this church. People that you can look to and call upon and tell them, I need prayer. I need encouragement. Amen. We're blessed. We're blessed in the name of the Lord. Tonight, I want to talk to you about um, the matter of humility, the matter of humility. And um, we're going to be teaching on that subject tonight. We have, we have uh, the last few weeks, we've been taking one topic at a time, some of the very uh, foundational uh, subjects of the scriptures. And uh, we talked about faithfulness. We talked about righteousness. Tonight, I want to talk about humility. Uh, we call them subjects. Topics or subjects anybody have a favorite subject in school interesting that we would call it such a thing the reason is because knowledge and understanding and wisdom that gives you Dominion it gives you authority and it gives you true authority not contrived but true authority and when you begin to understand something you develop an authority in that thing that you are understanding and it becomes a subject. Uh, it becomes something that you have a handle on. It's not, it's not something that is foreign to you, but it is something that you recognize, that you embrace, that you understand, and, and then you can begin to, to uh, appropriate it in your life. Tonight, we want to get a handle on the concept of humility. Because humility is one of those things that you and I, through our flesh, we cannot get a handle on it. But through the Spirit of the Lord, like anything, we can grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My uh, great-grandfather, Andrew Urshan, was a great uh, patriarch of the faith, a great pioneer of the faith and he was known for his um, amazing preaching ministry preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ he was a pioneer in the in the understanding of the oneness of God and he he went through much suffering in his life he went through much suffering in his life uh, he, he suffered greatly at the hands of of uh, terrorists who, who persecuted the churches that he was establishing in Persia, Iran. And, uh, and then, of course, he suffered at the hands of, of the uh, communist revolution in Russia, uh, establishing the underground church there. Um, he, he suffered even in his own life uh, throughout ministry. He, he went through a lot of suffering. But he was a man of great power great authority and he had spiritual dominion because the more that he suffered uh, the more humble he became and he understood the need of humility he understood that it was not something that can be developed in and of ourselves but that it is of utmost importance to the child of God that they be humble before the Lord I'm going to tell you You cannot enter into the presence of God unless you are humble before the Lord. You and I have no access into the presence of God. We have no entrance into His presence. And the only thing that allows us entrance into His presence is the knowledge that we, without Him, have no access into His presence. This is why people who would pray like this, Lord, I am a sinner, would get God's attention. And those who would pray concerning the many accomplishments that they had in serving the Lord, God didn't even hear it. It didn't even register with him. It it did not register with him. Why? Because the Lord hears the prayer of the humble heart. And he does not hear the prayer of the proud heart. So Andrew Urshan was a man of great authority, uh, but before he was a man of great authority, he was a, a, man, or a man of great humility. And, and so the Bible teaches us that, that this is something that is necessary in the life of the child of God. Now his son was my grandfather, and my grandfather was also a man of great authority and a man of great, tremendous humility. Uh, but in the, in the prime of his ministry, he was pastoring a very successful a church in Indianapolis, Indiana, and he was preaching across the airwaves around the world on uh, what was called the harvest time radio broadcast. Many of you remember harvest time radio broadcast. It reached around the world, and he preached on it, and, and he not only preached harvest time but he preached locally on the radio, and he was, he was uh, being promoted by the Lord. His father came to visit him and they sat down at the breakfast table together and my great-grandfather looked at my grandfather and he just felt like he needed to pray with him that day. Now, my grandfather was a, an established preacher and uh, well-respected minister and, and his father looked at him and said, Nathan, you pray with me today. And my grandfather looked up at his dad whom he... Respected deeply, and said, "Well, Dad, I I would love to, but I'm I'm quite you know busy today." He said, "You pray with me today." He he was from the old country of Iran, and and his English was, was uh, had a little accent to it. And my grandfather said, "Well, Dad, I will pray, I assure you, uh, but I won't be able to 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 just stop what I'm doing." He said. You pray with me today, and, and he said, cancel your schedule. Uh, my grandfather said, I can't do that, but I will pray. And he looked at my grandmother, my great-grandfather, looked at my grandfather's wife, his daughter-in-law, and said, Gene, cancel his appointments. He said, no, Gene, don't cancel my appointments. Now, Dad, I said I would pray. Andrew Urshan took him by the arm, took him into the living room, and brought him over to the couch and nudged him toward the couch to kneel and pray, and said, you pray till God takes the pride out of you, or God will take the pride out of you himself. Now, thank God we have people in our lives, no matter how much we may achieve for God, that will look us in the eye and say, you need to get a hold of God today. Can I ask you without, you don't have to respond, but, I, but, but just... Consider this. Do you have anybody in your life that can talk to you that way? Do you have someone in your life who can look you in the eye and say, today you need to get a hold of God. You need to pray until the pride comes out of you. You need to pray until humility takes up residence in your heart again. We all need an authority in our lives. That can be real with us and say to us, it's time to get a hold of God again. If the answer is no, I can't really think of anybody I would let talk to me that way. Well then, this Bible lesson is for you, my brother and my sister. Amen. Because we have to have a humble heart. We cannot be people who are proud. We cannot be people who are arrogant. We cannot be people who think too highly of ourselves. We have to be humble. And so we want to talk about what is humility, and we want to talk about how to achieve humility. Because uh, pride actually can clothe itself as humility and fool you into thinking that you are humble. If you think you are humble, you're not. You know, it's like the guy that bragged you know, about how proud he was, that he was so humble doesn't work like that. And the person who, who boasted of never bragging doesn't work like that. The fact of the matter is, you and I achieve humility through God and His grace and His mercy and not through our efforts at being humble. We can make efforts to be humble, but those efforts will come up short. So the Bible teaches us some things about it. I, there are some... There are some related words to humility, words like brokenness, words like contrition or contrite, words like meekness. These words are related to the word humble or humility. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1, thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me and where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hands made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. So he's asking them the question, is there a house you can build for me? You can build the most lavish cathedral. Is that where you want me to dwell? Am I going to inhabit a temple or some kind of a magnificent edifice? My hands created everything that you would put into the construction of an edifice, a temple, a cathedral, or something of that sort. In other words, you can't impress me with what impresses you. All the glitter and all the gold and all the sheen and all the splendor, that might impress you, but that doesn't impress God. God created all things, and so when God looks at what we developed for him he said that i'm just not interested in what interests you all those things hath mine hand made and all those things have been saith the lord but here it is this is where god dwells but to this man will i look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word This is who I look to dwell with. This is where I look to abide. I look to abide in the spirit of one who is poor in their spirit and contrite. And who trembles at my word. Now, that is not necessarily referring to the material wealth of a person. The Bible makes it clear, blessed are the poor in spirit. I have have met numerous wealthy people who are humble. And I've met wealthy people who are proud. And I've met poor people who are humble. And I've met poor people who are proud. This is a spiritual state of being. I look to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembleth at my word. May it be ever said of us that we are poor in spirit and that we are contrite in spirit and that we tremble at his word. This brings God near to us. If we are not poor in spirit or contrite in spirit, we become proud, we become arrogant. What is humility? Humility is when you understand you are absolutely nothing without God. Nothing. You have nothing without God. You are nothing without God. Now, I I want you to understand, I, I do not suggest to you that you have no self respect. You need to have self respect, but you need to know why you have self respect. What is it that gives you the credibility as an individual? I'll tell you what it is that gives you that credibility as an individual. That thrust of life. The dignity of human life. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. That ought to humble every single one of us. We are not the ones who created ourselves. We did not bring ourselves into existence. Who did? The Lord God formed man, and he didn't make him out of gold. And he didn't make him out of the fine metals of the earth. He formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Every individual you meet is a human being worth respecting, worth loving. They have the dignity of human life because they were formed by God. And they have breathed breathed into them the breath of life that comes from God himself. You are not better than them. They are not better than you. You and I and them, we are all created equal. And have in us the breath of life, and it is what causes us to become a living soul. But your worth and your value comes from the fact that the breath of life is within you, and that breath of life comes from God. It is not because of your superior talent. It is not because of your superior capacity and capabilities. It is because the God of all heaven and earth formed you and breathed into you the breath of life. Make a joyful noise, Psalm 100, verse 1 said, Unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves, We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Oh, hallelujah. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. How can we stay humble? We're going to talk about that throughout our Time tonight which we won't be long but but one way to stay humble is to stay continually praising the Lord never stop praising the Lord do not praise him for showmanship do not praise him so so everybody can talk about how much of a praiser you are praise him for he is good for his mercy is everlasting For his truth endureth to all generations. Praise him because the Lord God, hallelujah, created you. Praise him because the Lord God is manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit believed on in the world, preached unto the Gentiles, received up into glory, and He is your Savior. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Continually praise the Lord. When you continually praise the Lord and exalt Him to the most high and lofty position that He is to have in your life, then you will see His greatness and your Need of him. John chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches he that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me. you can do nothing.
1: Hallelujah.
0: glory to God. you know I you know what I, I brother Mark Menzendeck was the was the uh, consultant for a capital campaign, and he did just a marvelous job. And uh, we announced after some folks had to leave Sunday, but we're so grateful to God that we have reached a level of $2,009,000 in our Ready Now capital campaign. We ought to give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's good news. That's good news. Praise God. And it's a humbling thing because we've not been able to do that by our own might or power. We've only been able to do that by the grace of God and His divine provision and the willingness of His precious people to give to His kingdom. But Brother Mark Menzendek used to talk about a humble boldness. A humble boldness. And to some people, those are two separate words that that's... That that, that doesn't make sense to a lot of people, humble boldness. Well, in the world, it doesn't make sense. Because to the world, humility is on one end of the spectrum and boldness is on the other end of the spectrum. The world cannot achieve both humility and boldness at the same time. Oh, but friend, when you are in Jesus Christ, you have humility and you have boldness all at the same time. Humility in the sense that you know without Him, you can do nothing. But boldness in the sense that You can do all things through him which strengtheneth you.
1: Hallelujah.
0: See, humility does not not take away from your authority in God. It gives you authority in God. Humility is the key to all the blessings of the Lord. Humility is the code to all the divine provision of God. Humility is the code to true holy boldness. When you have humility, you'll be able to step up to any giant. When you truly have humility, you can step up to any lion or bear or lion's den or fiery furnace when you truly have humility. You want to know why that is? That is so because what prevents you from having real boldness is the nagging reality that your flesh condemns you. But when you have abased your flesh and you know that in your flesh you have no good thing. And you know that in your flesh there dwelleth no good thing. And that you are completely and utterly reliant and dependent on the Lord. He covers you with a holy boldness. And you're able to step into the power and the dominion of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. There is no no safer place in all this world to be than humility. What are you struggling with tonight? What is the question in the back of your mind I'm going to tell you the safe refuge the safe shelter for you to go to go to a place of humility humble down and say Lord I need you I can do nothing without you hallelujah you say but now wait a minute pastor because I do have some gifts give God praise for that Well, I do have some abilities. Give God praise for that. Yeah, but I nailed that interview. Give God praise for that. Yeah, but I fought for that promotion. Give God praise for every little blessing you have. Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Oh, hallelujah. And you know what? If it didn't come from God, it's not a blessing you want in your life. Humility gives you this understanding and this wherewithal to know that only God, only God, only God can give to me. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 2 says. It said, for by grace are ye saved through faith. Amen. And that not of yourselves. We're going to read it here for you. Because here's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of times... People will live for the Lord for a while and the enemy may not be able to ensnare you in the old habits that you used to have. You know, we used to be in sin and unclean and iniquitous and we used to be among the worst of sinners and then we come into the great grace of God and and we no longer live that riotous life. We no longer live that rebellious life. And so the devil... crafts a new kind of temptation for us. And the new temptation that he crafts for those that have been serving the Lord for a while is the temptation of believing that you have done this for yourself. It's been through your discipline, through your willpower, through your exceptional handling of walking with God. But but the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. My Lord have mercy. Did you hear that? For by grace are you saved. Oh, thank God it was amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Yeah, but but don't, don't I get some credit because somebody had to believe for it. Somebody had to get in the water and be baptized. Don't I get some credit for that? Oh, he said, by grace, are you saved through faith? Aha, see? So I do get some credit. No, wait, 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 wait. For by grace, are you saved through faith? And that faith is not of yourself. Even when you got in the baptismal tank and were baptized in Jesus' name, it was by the mercy of God that you did such a thing. It was God who revealed himself to you. It was God who took the blinders off of your eyes. That not of yourselves... The faith is the gift of God. The water was the gift of God. The name was the gift of God. The blood was the gift of God. Your legs that walked you up to an old-fashioned altar was a gift from God. Your ability to process the word in your mind and receive conviction in your heart was the gift of God. All of it. You don't have anything that wasn't the gift of God. You don't have anything that wasn't the gift of God. Every physical faculty is the gift of God. Every mental capacity you have is the gift of God. Every provision in your life has been the gift of a loving God. And you ought to give him praise for it every chance you can. (laughs) Notice what he went on to say in verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Why? Why? For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is the gift of God. This must remain in our thinking and in in the way that we live our life. How are we humble. How do we stay humble? Because we're going to talk about this in a moment, but one of the ways that, that we are humbled and that we receive humility is through the trials of life. I'm going to tell you something. You better not be proud or arrogant or boastful, because I'm going to tell you something. There can come something along in life that'll knock that out of you, and it's no fun. And, 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 and it's easy for it to happen. And how many have ever been through something knocked the arrogancy out of you, and we still struggle with it. I'm not. I'm not acting like we don't struggle with it. We still flip our collar and strut our stuff, and you know we still do our. We still do our thing. But. But how many remember when you used to be so so non-empathetic? You remember? Remember when you used to look at people and and and, and you'd say, "Serves them right." Remember that? I have stopped saying that. I, no, 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 I, no God, no, I, I don't I won't say that, because I don't want to have to get that knocked out of me. I'll just put that out on the altar. I'll knock it out of myself. I'll put that out on the altar. I don't want to get nothing knocked out of me. Because I want to tell you something, there can come a flood, there can come a whirlwind, there can come the earth to open up, there can come bears out of the woods. I'm telling you, there can be things to emerge in your life. Because I'm going to tell you something, God has an eternal picture at work. And He is a lot more interested in saving you than He is not hurting your feelings. See, God loves you so much that he is going to save you if you'll let him. Why, Lord? I said he loves you so much that if you'll let him, he's going to save you. And he'll save you from the pride that will condemn our soul. And he'll save you from the arrogant mind. And he'll save you from the boastfulness. He will do it if we will let him. And so this is part of the way that humility works is that the trials of life will, will make us humble. And, I, I, and I've told this before. I'm going to tell it again in case somebody hasn't heard it. I, I remember praying at my home church in Kokomo, Indiana. The, the organ was kind of long up here, where, where the, how the platform stood there. And it's kind of at a diagonal uh, position. And then the, the piano was right here. And, and, and then there was this little opening between the piano and the organ. And it was a prayer meeting one night. And I went up between the organ and the piano, and I laid myself down between those the organ and the piano. And I was praying. I was just laid prostrate on the floor, and I, I prayed to the Lord. And I said, God, I, I was just praying all kinds of things. I was just praying. And then all of a sudden, I heard come out of my mouth, Lord, make me humble. And, and I got kind of scared by that. Because I thought he might answer that prayer. And so I, I got a little concerned about that. And I had heard people say, you better not ask God to make you humble. He might do it. Or you don't ask God to give you patience. He might do it. And I actually, I actually started to say, never mind, God. Forget I said that. Delete, delete, delete. Backspace, backspace. And, 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 and I, I just said, Lord, I don't, you know, I don't want you to humiliate me. I just want humility. And I felt the Lord speak to me, and this is what he said to me. He said, don't ever be afraid to ask me for anything. He said, I am not out to humiliate you, to embarrass you, to wound you. If you want me to give you something, ask me for it. You you know, you can, I know this is kind of a novel idea sometimes, but you can trust God. You really can trust God. And so humility, it doesn't doesn't always take a trial. There are some trials that are necessary because it's the only way we can learn a thing. But but it doesn't always take a trial. You know, sometimes you can learn things without having to go through the absolute. You know, some people have like multiple doctorates in the school of hard knocks. And it doesn't always take the school of hard knocks. You don't have to learn everything the hard way. You can learn some things through simple obedience. You know, one of my greatest, one of my favorite examples of that is, you know, when Jesus died, and and the Bible says that the sun went black, the earth opened up, the earth did quake, the sun went black, the veil was rent in the temple. I mean, all of nature convulsed when Jesus died and one of the centurions who was responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus i mean he was there and he was he was you know pounding nails and thrusting thorns and 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 jabbing spears and 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 hurling whips i mean he was the centurion he was crucifying christ but when the whole earth convulsed he said truly this was the son of god now i want you to remember that and I want you to compare it to another man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea, who the Bible says was a disciple of Jesus. And as a disciple of Jesus, when Jesus died, Joseph of Arimathea took his body and he, and he cared for it and, and and, and took care of it and buried his body. Joseph of Arimathea, Mark said he craved the body of Jesus because he was so convinced of who Jesus was. For Joseph of Arimathea, it didn't take an earthquake. It didn't take the sun turning black. It didn't take the veil being written in the temple. It didn't take all of nature convulsing. For Joseph of Arimathea, it was simple discipleship that taught him, this is Jesus. He's the Christ. He's the mighty God manifest in the flesh. For the centurion, it was different. He chose not to be discipled. He chose not to obey. He chose not to believe. He chose not to, to hear and heed and hearken. And instead, everything on his earth had to convulse and shake and open up and and the point of that is this don't wait for your whole world to shake at its very foundation to finally admit that he is lord and savior you can admit that through discipleship walking with him talking with him living for him Hallelujah. You don't have to learn everything the hard way. Humility does not have to come to you through the trials of life. Although many times it will. But there are so many times. And we'll get to this scripture where you can do what Peter said. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So one of the ways that you humble yourself. Is exactly what we've talked about. Looking upon the cross of Jesus Christ. Do you know, do you know, Paul said to the church at Corinth, he said, I know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's, that's all I'm going to bring to you is Jesus Christ and him crucified. I mean, he's got, the Corinthian church was going crazy. I mean, it was all out of order. Everybody was doing their own thing. It was, it was a mess. They, 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 were, they were losing their minds. And Paul walks in and he's like, how in the world do you harness all of this crazy activity? How do you pull people from their extremes? How do you pull people up out of the pit into which they've fallen? And, 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 and how, do you, how do you bring things back? Ah, I, I know how to do it. I'll preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified. And, and Jesus said it this way. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. That's what we try to do in the pulpit. We're not here to preach fancy sermons. We're not here to preach something that, that will that will cause people to have a memorable moment. We want to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. We want to exalt him on a cross. We want you to understand the whole Counsel of God we want you to know the lamb slain from the foundation of the world we want you to see him hallelujah who was wounded for your transgressions and bruised for your iniquities that's when he will draw all men unto him and and a continual a continual exposure to that man that'll keep you humble sometimes we're not humble because we have forgotten that he is great and we are not we have forgotten that his love is so pure and we are so tainted we forget so easily that he didn't have to do it but he did man we can slip into a sense of entitlement so so sneakily and so quickly but the cross brings us back to a place of understanding that oh, the blood of Jesus Oh, the blood of Jesus, this innocent man who suffered, bled, and died for me. What a, what a beautiful treasure it is. What a great truth it is. Hallelujah. Do you remember when you heard it for the first time? Do you remember, do you remember when, you, when, it, when it touched you for the first time? You know, some of us don't remember when we heard it for the first time because we grew up hearing that Jesus died for our sins. And it's even more easy to take it for granted that way. But God forbid that we should ever grow accustomed to the fact that the Lord of glory humbled himself.
1: Humbled himself.
0: And you and I can't humble ourselves. You and I can't can't come off our high horse. We can't come down from our place of insisting on being treated a certain way, divas for Jesus. When he humbled himself... Hallelujah. And took upon him, not the form of a king, not the form of a monarch, not the form of a potentate, not the form of a tyrant, not the form of a sultan, but the form of a servant. He humbled himself. Hallelujah. If you want to be like Jesus, you got to humble yourself. Hallelujah. And if you know anything about God and you're you're walking with him, then you know you can't humble yourself by yourself. But you you have to get real and honest with Jesus and say, Lord, I don't know how to do this. I need you to help me. I need you to help me be humble. And you got to pray that prayer continually because you'll never reach a place of total humility. But God working through you, hallelujah, God working through you, He will humble you and bring humility from you. And that humility will touch people's lives. That humility will bless people's hearts. That humility will reach out and embrace somebody. People who feel unloved, that humility of God, that humbling of God will be alive in you and you'll wrap your arms around them spiritually speaking and and bring them back to life from whatever has inflicted harm upon them glory to God First Peter chapter 5 teaches us about humbling this this is one of my favorite verses 1 Peter 5 and 6 but we're going to read 1 Peter 5 and 5 likewise ye younger this is good teaching submit yourselves Unto the elder. There there needs to be a proper respect for our elders. There needs to be a proper respect for our elders. Who have lived longer than us. Who have experienced more than we have experienced. And you may not be able to envision them at your age. But they've been there and done that. And they deserve your respect. And humility will give you respect for your elders. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you, listen to this, be subject one to another. Be subject one to another. I'm not going to be subject to anybody. Really? Be subject one to another. Look, look. Not after your own needs, but after the needs of others. Consider what somebody else may enjoy and forego that enjoyment for yourself so they can enjoy it instead of you. Prefer your brother. Prefer your sister. Pray they get, pray, pray that they get the blessing. Well, what if I do that and then they get the blessing? We might have to start this whole Bible study all over again. We're going to get to, we're going to get to this, we're going to answer that question. Okay, be subject one to another and listen, be clothed with humility. I'm talking about be clothed with humility. You better wrap up in it. You better cover yourself with it. Humility, clothed with humility. Want to know why? Here's why. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. You can be proud all you want. You can be proud all you want. But God will resist you. He will resist your efforts. He will resist your agenda. He will resist you and you, and you, you have no idea the kind of resistance that comes when God resists you. God resisting you can sometimes look like success. God has even sent strong delusion so that people will believe a lie because their pride sickens him so much. The whole time he's trying to save them, but he's, but he's not going to bless their pride. God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. You want grace? You have to be humble. So, verse six, he teaches us, humble yourselves, therefore. God resisteth the proud, giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore. The therefore is a reference to God resisting the proud but giving grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, and here's where. Under the mighty hand of God. We do not humble ourselves according to our own benefit or personal gain. We do not practice false modesty. We don't come around trying to poor mouth things. Acting humble when we're not. Trying to somehow create this facade or charade that we are humble. No, no. It has to be genuine humility. In fact, he said the Pharisees are notorious for fasting and then they won't anoint their face with oil when they get up in the morning and they make themselves look as miserable as they possibly can so that when they walk out, everybody will know how spiritual they are. He said, don't do that. He said, anoint your face with oil. Don't put on this false image of humility. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God now, you were afraid you might pray for them and they get blessed. They will get blessed. Rejoice when they get blessed. Shout with them when they get blessed. Rejoice when they get blessed and you wish you would have been blessed. Okay, do that. Weep with them that weep. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. Hallelujah. That he may exalt you in due time. Glory to God. Well, I don't feel like I'll ever be exalted. Then it's not due time. But but God knows what time it is. I said he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him. Woo, hallelujah. But he'll be there right on time. Glory to God. You know, sometimes I'm, I run a little late to things and... and, and Somebody said, you're like the Lord, you may not come when you want him, but the difference is I'm I'm not always right on time. I'm just, he may not come when you want him. But with God, you can add, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Hallelujah. Yes, he is. Now, when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, here's what you get to do. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. See, all I got to do is humble myself under the mighty hand of God. Just stay close to the foot of the cross, worship him, love him, love his people, love souls, reach the lost, preach the gospel, teach the word, hallelujah, lend and and, and reach out and pray and worship. And that's all I got to do. He'll take care of any exaltation that is needed. He knows when it is. Listen, you don't want to be exalted if it's not due time. Exaltation out of due season is a recipe for disaster. You do not want to be exalted out of due time. Let God exalt you in his time. And when you understand that God will do the exalting, you just stay humble in his presence and under his mighty hand. And all the cares of this life, just cast them on him. He'll care for me. He'll care for me. I don't have to worry about it. He'll care for me. I'm going to stay down here. I don't have to worry about who's getting promoted and I'm not. I don't have to worry about who's getting blessed and I'm not. I'll just cast all my cares upon him. For he careth for me. Hallelujah. Can we just lift up our hands unto the Lord and give God praise. Hallelujah that he gives us so many blessings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel good I feel good today I feel good today because I can I can rest in under the mighty hand of God and not seek after my own I don't have to compete with anybody I can just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto me I don't have to fight people. I don't have to throw people down. I don't have to kick people out of my way. I don't have to cheat and rob and lie and steal. I can just humble myself under the mighty hand of God and cast all my care on Him. He'll exalt me in due time because He cares for me. Can we stand together in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Can we just stand in the presence of God? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you honor. Lord, we worship your name. You are the great Savior of our soul. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Psalm 34 and verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Hallelujah. It's an important thing to continue to be in a place where our heart is, is, our heart is open before God. And we say, Lord, I'm nothing without you. I'm nothing without you. Is there anybody that can just lift your hands to God and, and tell Him that again? Lord, I'm nothing without you. I'm nothing without you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Sometimes he'll say, you're really something. What he's not telling you is that you can only be something with God. He tells half-truths. He's a liar. Or he'll say, you're nothing. What he's not telling you is, you're only nothing without God. With God, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Hallelujah. He'll make your feet like hind's feet and set you up upon high places. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He'll be a wall of fire all about you, round about you, round about your family. My Lord, have mercy. Come on, somebody, give him praise right now.
1: Give him praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You
0: know what? I want, us to, I want us to decrease and let him increase. Can we take just a couple minutes and decrease while he increases in this house? Can we just praise him for a little while while we sing unto the Lord? And just decrease. Come on. Decrease. Let your opinion of yourself decrease. And let your opinion of God increase. Look to, look to the hills from which cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord. Look, look upon the glorious face of God. See Him in His fullness. See Him in His glorious light. Hallelujah.
1: I surrender all. I surrender all, oh, all. All. all to Thee, my, my blessed God. Savior, I, I surrender. surrender. Oh, I feel the presence of the
0: Lord in this house. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house.
1: I surrender. Oh, oh! I surrender, all. hallelujah. Oh, all, all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. my blessed my blessed my blessed savior surrender all. oh yes i surrender